What a wonderful day, my brothers and sisters in Christ. For many reasons, this is a good day. One of those reasons is because we have a very special little guest with us in the house today. Brett and Sidney Borden have come to worship with us today, and they have brought Barrett Borden with us. And y'all, just everybody just listen real closely. Listen. Isn't he being so perfect back there? He's not crying out, I got to get out of here, take me to the nursery, I'm hungry, I'm starving. And he's probably always that way, isn't he? So quiet, so peaceful. Let's be lifting up this little family with their little baby in our prayers. And we, you know, we've got, what, three or four other families that are expecting babies in the, in the next few months. These are exciting times to be a member of the Lord's family here at, at Tuscumbia. Thank you for being a part of our gathering this morning. This is our second such assembly, and we had about 82 folks here with us at 8 o'clock this morning, and now we have many more than that, both in pew and online, and we have guests with us today in our pews, and, and it's an honor to have you with us. Of course, our presence, we trust all of us being here together in pew or online is an honor to God. And I am thrilled at the opportunity that God gives me now. I'm humbled by the prospect of being able to study with us the amazing, inspired, life-changing word of our Heavenly Father. Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto us, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 118, verse 24, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 133, verse 1, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And then following along with the theme of unity, the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, and these are some folks who had some trouble getting along with each other. He said, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Now I beseech you. Here's the Apostle Paul begging them, begging us in a sense, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I'm sure you'd agree with the thought that it would have been better to have been a Roman soldier that pierced his side long ago than to be a Christian today who divides his body. Proverbs chapter 6, we read there seven things that God hates. And one of those on the list is he that sows discord among brethren. So we are privileged today to be uniters, the, the opposite of, of dividers. We're privileged to be of those who are the reconcilers. The word reconcile means to make friends again. 
and we get to be about that ministry, the, the ministry of helping people to be closer to God, the ministry of helping people to be closer to spiritual people who can enhance us and bless us and people that we can enhance, people that we can be a blessing to. For several Sundays now, we've been thinking about God's desire for us to be one. Last Sunday, we began an examination of a passage of scriptures, 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning there with verse 7, verse 8, that, that gives us specific how-to instructions as to be the church that Jesus expects us to be. We can be one. We can be undivided. We can be together. That is God's plan for us. That is Christ's prayer for us. That is Christ's will for us. That is his desire. It is his way. And it must be our desire. It must be our prayer. It must be our way. So jump quickly and deeply with me now into 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's begin reading at verse 8. We, again, launched ourselves into this study last Sunday morning. We'll continue it together now. Finally, Peter says, he's giving us the how-to now of being one in Christ. Finally, all of you be of one mind. How are we going to do that, church? Peter tells us. Having compassion for one another, love as brothers, we're family, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, a blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So we even are going to bless those who might be blessing us out. He who would love life and see good days. That's all of us. We're wanting that. What's the key? It's a difficult thing. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Notice 11. Let him turn away from evil. Notice when we turn away from evil, we're turning towards good let him turn away from evil and do good. And I love the last phrase here. Let him seek peace and pursue it. There are about 10 items here on our grocery list. Ingredients in the recipe from God that helps us to be one united family of believers. Do you see these here? First, and we've highlighted some of these in previous lessons, right? First, he does tell us to be of one mind. And we understand that I don't have a problem being of one mind with you as long as the mind we're agreeing to be is my mind. And maybe you don't have a problem being one mind with me or others as long as we're going to have your mind and your attitude and your ways. But the, the, the focus here is not on having my mind or your mind, but as we read from Scripture earlier today, we're to have the mind of Jesus. That's the mind to pursue. That's the mind that blesses. That's the mind that unites us all. It's not my way or your way or the highway. It's, it's God's way. It's Christ's way. That's the way of peace. That's the way of togetherness. That's the way of anti-divisiveness. 
And then you notice number two on the list, we're to be compassionate people. We're to have a passion for the needs of others. We're to have a, a good Samaritan philosophy of life that says, I want to help others to be better. And the way that I help others to be better oftentimes is to get out of my comfort zone, is to look into the ditches, is to go into the ditches, to be willing to inconvenience myself. You see, a lot of us, we have no trouble helping a fellow who's fallen or injured provided we're already going that way, provided it doesn't require some detour, some extra effort. But compassion requires us to be willing to go that second mile that brings a smile. See, first mile is a chore. Second mile is a choice. The, the second mile is the evangelistic mile. The second mile is the mile that brings that joy, brings that smile, brings that heart of compassion that says, hey, I've got somebody out there that's hurting and i got a choice. I can be indifferent, I can be busy, I can be distracted, I can be excuse-making, or I can be compassionate. I can step up and, and help that person. Number three, you see on the list there, be loving. Aren't we given a great privilege here as we're practicing John 13, 35? We're, we're letting the world know that we are the disciples of Jesus by our visible, active demonstrable love. Love is not an emotion. It is a way of behaving. It is a way of, of, of ministering to those around us in such obvious ways that people on the outside of the church see that and they want to be a part of God's family with us. So every day it must be our quest to be visibly loving the brotherhood, the brethren, the sistren in such a way again that, that makes the church somewhat un or irresistible to those that are in our circles of love and influence. What an opportunity we have. We've got COVID. Have you heard of, have you heard of COVID-19? We, we've got something going on in our community and in our families that can be a threat to us. And our world is watching, especially it seems to me, how the church is behaving during this time, how we're loving, how we're caring for one another. I'm not glad COVID is here. You're not glad COVID is here. But I'm glad that we have an opportunity to show this world that we are the followers of Jesus by how we love the followers of Jesus. And then you notice also on the list we're to be tenderhearted. world's trying to crust over our hearts. Make them jaded, unfeeling, desensitizing us to, to, to sin, desensitizing us to the, the plight, to the hurt, to the pains of other people. And yet Christ is calling on us. Scriptures, Peter's words here, calling on us to be tender-hearted. What is Ephesians 4.32? Be kind to one another. And then the next phrase, tender-hearted. Let's, let's be, be gracious. Let's be merciful to that other fellow. We, we need that today, especially to those, Galatians 6.10, the household of faith. Number five on the list, we're to be courteous. We're to, to be too big, too belittle. Rudeness is rampant. Rudeness is rude. Rudeness is wrong. Our media is rude. Politicians, rude. People out there driving around, rude. A lot of the TV shows emphasize, embrace, exalt rudeness. 
There's no place for rudeness in the body of Christ. Yet if we want to be united, all of these are features of it. We've been called to a higher path. Others go low, we go high. And then we are, if you're looking at this list, this is number seven. We are to be in control with the help of Christ of all our words. Last Sunday morning, in the lesson, I was highlighting a lot of these and, and skipping around to some of the lists and spending more time on some and less on others. And, and, and last Sunday, about this time of the service, actually, I was talking to us about our talk and, and, and thinking about how nothing causes more division than bad words, bad talking, listening to bad things, saying bad things, saying bad things about people, saying bad things to people, listening to somebody say bad things about people. I mean, that, is there a source of division more than that? Uh, words hurt. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. The Greek word for that is baloney. That, that's, that's a bunch of garbage. Words hurt, uh, sometimes devastatingly so, and they can cause splinters among us, gaps among us, if we're not careful. And so let me encourage us to think about this passage. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, you're familiar with it. We commonly call it the golden rule. Therefore... Whatever you would that men should do to you, do you also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Essentially, that sums up our theology, doesn't it? That we are to treat others the way we want others to treat us. Think about how better our families would be, our congregations would be, our communities would be, life would be, if all of us would practice Matthew 7, 12 in every element of our life, but especially as it relates to our talk. See, I don't like it when folks say bad things to me or about me. And if I don't want folks saying bad things to me and about me, and I only want folks to say good things to me or about me, then if I'm going to practice Matthew 7, 12, you're wired the same as I am. We should want to only say good things to people or about people, and we should never be guilty of saying bad things about people or bad things to people. And that's practicing Matthew 7, 12. So let's do that. Let's, let's give ourselves the assignment for the next 24 hours that we'll practice Matthew 7, 12, especially as it relates to our speech, that we will not be guilty of saying anything, whether it's true, not true. We're not going to say anything bad about anybody. We're just not going to do that. It may require some lifestyle changes. It may mean that the car ride home from the worship assembly is real quiet. Just can't talk. It may mean when we get home, somebody tries to call us on the phone. Maybe one of our favorite gospel buddies, which is going to say, I can't talk to you. Call me back in 24 hours. We can talk, right? Or maybe when we get home, we just take a long nap, spend time in the closet, whatever. Whatever it takes, let's do, isn't this a goal worthy of full pursuit? Whatever it takes to not be guilty of violating Matthew 7, 12 as it relates to our speech, let's be willing to do that. And then at the end of 24 hours, we'll notice we didn't explode because we kept all that in. We'll, we'll notice probably that we enjoyed life rather better and maybe even those around us were more enjoyable to be around and we were more enjoyable for them to be around because they weren't having to put up with that social sewage coming from our mouth into their ears. And, and let's, really, let's really commit to this, to, to being the best we can be when it comes to how we talk to people and how we talk about people. And this will so assist us in our efforts to answer Christ's prayer for unity and to be one undivided family of believers. 
We, we, we're understanding right in this process that it's not us against us. We're not enemies. We're, we're, we're friends. We're family. If anything, the enemy is out there. It's that what Peter describes him as, First Peter describes him as this roaring, First Peter 5, 8, this roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour. That's the foe. That's the one to focus our disgust toward, not, not each other. We're, we're, we're again, we're, we're parts of the same body. We, we got to find a way to, to interact always, drawing closer to God, drawing closer to the other parts of the body. You remember 1 Corinthians 12? We, we have the, 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 the very vivid imagery of how God designed his church to kind of parallel the way he designed the human body. And have you noticed that each part of our body is important and each part of the body tries to take care of the various other parts of the body? In, in the last few days, I've, I've had my body under attack in two different places. I got into some poison ivy right here, and the other day I was walking somewhere, not paying attention, and I stumped my left toe into a brick wall. All right, so I got two parts of my body needing some attention. And you know what the rest of the body has done? It hasn't said, well, that arm shouldn't have gotten in the way of that, that poison ivy or that toe shouldn't have gotten in the way of that wall, and so I'm going to ignore them, I'm going to avoid them, I'm going to criticize them, I'm going to make fun of them. I'm going to go about my way and do my own thing. No, the way the way my right hand has done my, my left form, it, it, it's caressed it, scratched it sometimes, it's applied medicine to it. My eyes, uh, unrelated to this injury specifically, my eyes have been reading different material, going online, Googling things, trying to find home remedies. My mouth has been talking to different people, trying to get information. People have told me to use uh, hand sanitizer. People have told me to use Clorox. People have told me all kinds of creams, lotions, sprays and different things. So my tongue wasn't specifically injured, but it's been involved in trying to help make it better. My eyes weren't specifically injured, but they've been involved in trying to, to make it better. My right hand wasn't injured, but it's been, been trying to get involved and, and make it better. My brain has been trying to get involved and make it better. Same with, same with my toe. When I, when I kicked, kicked that wall, accidentally of course, the, the rest of my body cried out, you know, ran to the aid of the injured part. The, the, these two hands hands bent down and, and tried to caress it. My mouth cried out even though my mouth wasn't injured. It's part of a body that had been injured. And you know how that works, right? If, if the injury is severe enough to one part of the body, the rest of the body will literally stay up all night long in sympathy for that hurting member. That's the way Christ has designed his church. When one of us is hurting, we, we don't we don't belittle. We don't ignore. We don't think, well, they should have been stronger. Have you heard about them and what they? No, we 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 try to embrace them. We try to we try to take care of the poison ivy or the injured toe or or whatever it is they, they may be challenged with. Years ago, I was playing golf down in Mobile with with some buddies from church, and one guy, older guy, is named Conrad. And uh, and uh, he he just a super fella and and I hit my, my tee shot the golf ball I hit it way I know it's going to surprise you I hit it way off to the right down into the woods and it was so far gone in that direction I wasn't even going to go look for it and Conrad's such a good person he gets off his golf cart and he's out there rummaging through the woods trying to find my lost golf ball then I felt an obligation to get in there with him and try to find it although I felt like it was hopeless he got some distance away from me and I heard. Conrad 
Conrad start yelling, help me, help me. And every now and then I could make out the word yellow jacket, help me, yellow jacket. Oh, get them off of me. And now, if yellow jackets are attacking me, I know what I'm going to do. You know, they're not necessarily attacking the feet, but the feet are going to get in gear and try to get me away from that. The hands will be flailing. The mouth, which isn't specifically being attacked, will be yelling out. I mean, the body springs into the defense of the, the body under assault, right? But Conrad's not my body, but he's my brother. You've been attacked by yellow jackets, some of you maybe? Okay, you know what you do if you're attacked. What if you do if your brother's attacked, your buddy's attacked? I don't want to go. I mean, how do you help somebody that's being attacked by yellow jackets? What do you do? And, and so I'm feeling guilty. He's there in that situation. Why? Because he's trying to help me. And my feet, their inclination is not to run to him, but run away from him. And I'm not so noble, and I know that, and I know you know that, but I still, I needed to go to him. And I need to try to help him get those. And I found him, and the yellow jackets were finally not swarming him, but they were stuck to him, parts of his clothing, because he was being good friend to me. He got hurt. And I needed to try to get those things off of him without hurting myself. And, and we're not being attacked by yellow jackets today, thankfully. may come later. But there are some other things out there, right? There's a, there's a COVID out there that's threatening our bodies. And, and I'm concerned about that and the steps we need to take to, to help each other and help ourselves. But there's a spiritual COVID, right? There is a devil. There's, a, there's spiritual yellow jackets in a sense. And, and maybe they're leaving you alone right now. And your inclination is, I'm going to stay over here where it's safe. But, but, but there may be some yellow jackets or something attacking your neighbor or, or their kids or, or your brother in Christ or something and 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 we we can't just say hey i'm over, I, I'm, I'm, pr I'm praying for you let me know if i can do something sometimes answering christ's prayer for unity is going to involve more than that it's going to involve actually stepping up and, and swatting some of those things and say here I, I, I'm, I'm with you I, i'm for you you're not you're not going through this all by yourself uh, we we're family we're friends. If you, if you look at the rest of these, these items on, on the list, you see that we're going to be turning away from evil. And we're going to be turning towards good. We're going to be turning towards God. If, I, if I'm facing Thad over here and I turn away from Thad, I'm facing Betty Dale. If I'm facing Betty Dale and I turn away, I'm facing, you know, so there are, and I'm not, I'm, I'll let you figure out which is the evil I'm turning away from. But we, we turn away from those things that are destructive. But as we do, we're turning towards, it's like a light bulb is blown out. We don't, just, we don't just take out the bad light bulb. We replace it with a better, with a good, with a working light bulb. As we leave behind the things we need to leave behind, we're moving forward the things we need to move forward to that can be a blessing to us. And then you see on the list, number nine, we're to be those people that seek, that pursue peace. When you come back tonight at 530, we'll be studying that some more because that's really significant. We'll, we'll look at that in great detail and think about how we apply the, the actual passage to be a pursuer of peace, to be a peacemaker, as Jesus put it in Matthew 5, 9. There are some good things that you and I get to do in order to be not divisive folks, but be uniting kinds of folks. And we'll look at that together tonight. Again, that's
class at 5.30, either online or in pew, and I will put in a, a great promotion for the class that Brother Thad will be teaching tonight at 5.30 for our younger children. That is such a blessing to be able to have that opportunity. Then last of all, you, you see on this list that we've been called to this. This is, this is God's expectation of us. This is his plan for us. He hasn't just told us, be united. He said, here's how to accomplish the unity. And, and this is his plan, and his plan works. And, and I would guess, now if I were to say, would you raise your hand if you see this plan, you agree this plan? I mean, every hand would go up, right? But, you know, sometimes when we're challenged, sometimes when we're under stress, we might forget the plan, and we might decide to go our own way. You remember that boxer, theologian Mike Tyson? He said, everybody's got a plan until what? Until he's punched in the mouth. See, we all got this plan for unity, for loving one another, for being what we ought to be until we're punched in the mouth by, by COVID, by somebody gossiping about us, by some bad news, by, by some unpredictable event. It's happened and the devil's walloping on us. The yellow jackets have shown up. And suddenly, well, I don't want to be loving. I don't want to be courteous. I don't want to take the high road. I don't want to have the mind of Christ. I, they, they've hurt me. They've injured me. They've ignored they, 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 They've... And I'm going to, and then it just kind of all falls apart. That can't be an option for us, the people of God. We've got to get closer to God, even through this time. And we've got to get closer. We get to get closer to each other, especially during this time. Unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren, for us to dwell together in unity. It is within our grasp. It really is. So let's grasp it. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for giving us a, a very specific and practical plan for being one, for answering Christ's prayer, that we get together, that we stay together. Help us, Father, to be united this and every day, pursuing the mind of Jesus, his way, never our way. Help us to be compassionate, to be loving, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Help us to be better to others than others are to us. Help us to be in control of our words. Help us Father, to be turning away from evil, turning towards good. Help us to be those who always are pursuing peace. And help us, Father, to understand we've been called to this. This isn't our plan. This is your plan. Help us to embrace it. Help us to practice it. Forgive us, Father, the times that especially with, with our minds or with our mouths, we've been divisive. Help us, Father, to be on our best behavior every day, everywhere, around everybody. If we need prayers this morning, help us to seek those. If we need to put on Jesus in baptism for the forgiveness of our sins, being added to his one precious church, help us to make that decision this morning in obedience to Acts 2.38. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us. In Christ we pray, amen. If we can help you, would you come while together we stand and sing?